first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kayenta, from Asheville, North Carolina. Today, we will be talking with Andy D. Emini, the director of Four Kids and It, Derek Kohler, the head social media for Adam Tickets, Jared Sandrew, stereoscopic supervisor at Walt Disney Studios, and Keith Kaminsky, visual artist for the Trolls World Tour event at the Grove. First, let's hear Zoe's interview with the director of Four Kids and It, Andy D. Emini. Welcome to Zoe at the Movies and Kids First. Today I'm talking to director Andy Diamini about his new film, Four Kids and It. Hi Andy, how are you? I'm very well, thanks, Zoe. Where are you right now? Uh, a very hot London, actually, which is quite a nice change. It's fun. So this novel was by Jacqueline Wilson, and it's based on the original book in 1902. This story, I feel like it's a lot more modern, you know, with the parents dating and them separating. And I think it shows that even if your parents get divorced, it doesn't break the family and you still have that special family bond. Um, What ideas did you mainly want to explore with this new story? Um, I suppose the the overarching theme is be careful what you wish for. Yes. Uh, But I think what's interesting within Jacqueline's work is the modern family, really. Uh, Dysfunctional merged different parents split families so it's the the territory that she deals with so well and she doesn't pull any punches she gets right inside that i think there's a chance to uh, expand on that and i think there's a a good family story within that seeing the kids come together and form a new family uh, and the positive nature of that so i think it was uh yes that theme within the book is what appealed from my point of view yeah and i love that whenever a kid makes a wish they always include each other, like um, when Smash went, she wanted to be a pop star, she still like got the helicopter for the other kids, and whenever they want to fly, it's like they're all flying. It's very special, and all the kids are involved in everything. So, yeah. I love that this is a beautiful message for everyone. Um, what is your favorite message that you wanted to really tell with this film? It was, the, I, I think the thing I enjoy, or the thing that touches me most in the, the story, is the children opening up to a new parent. And I think that, you, you feel that resistance, which I think is very natural in any child, but this is a very common thing now we all go through and seeing them come together and, and engage with the other parent, for me, those are the bits that sort of touch you, yeah. I actually talked with Ashley a couple days ago and she was very nice and so bubbly and friendly. So how was it working with all the kids on set? I have to say that we were very lucky in the casting on this um, and they bonded incredibly well. The difficulty was trying to film some of the earlier scenes where they didn't know each other <laughs> when and that might have been out of order and by that stage they're really tight friends but um, no it was great. We started with Ashley, uh, the year, we nearly shot the year before um, and she was such an, a fantastic talent, so enthusiastic. Um, I remember she sang to me online uh, and she's got a terrible voice, but the enthusiasm <laughs> is fantastic. Um, and she really sold it. And uh, so we were locked into her. So then it was finding a sister for her. 
And we came across Roz, we were very open casting. We tried not to go the sort of stage school route. We wanted somebody who was a bit more rooted and real. And we came across um, Teddy uh, through that. And she was a, another great find. And those two were the key that really got to carry the film. So we were very lucky. And so working with them was a joy. I mean, you have to deal with them all in different ways. And Ellie May, who played Morty, who's only five, you know, had to talk with it in a different way and getting her to feel she was being real in the world and letting go was a challenge. I had a lot of sweets in my pockets for that. Um, but uh, yes, they were, they were great. I think something about the bond of the four of them made the whole thing a lot easier. And they got on very well with Matthew and Paula, so the families gelled very well. That's great. Um, and you filmed in London and in Ireland. So how was it dealing with the weather? Because I know a lot of these scenes were like shot outdoors, and I know it rains a lot. Ashley started telling me about how it wasn't too, too rainy, so... No, no. I mean, what you realize once you start unpicking the story, because it all revolves around the sunsets and sunrises, the weather's incredibly dependent. We sort of needed good sunsets or at various points in the script. So we decided to go to the wettest country in the world and try and get there. Um, so, but Ireland came true for us and was great weather and we got lots of great sunsets, which are a key turning point for the story. Um, so it was great. And then we, we had to finish various elements here back in London um, with the O2 and helicopters and so on. But uh, yes, the final pieces of the jigsaw back in London. Um, I thought the sunsets were beautiful when I was watching the film. They were all shot very nicely. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking with Derek Kohler, the head social media for Adam Tickets, Jared Sandrew, stereoscopic supervisor at Walt Disney Studios, and Keith Kaminsky, visual artist for the Trolls World Tour event at The Grove. Right now we're listening to Zoe's interview with director Andy D. Emini from Four Kids and It. So, we already kind of talked about how it was working with the kids, but my mom was telling me about how she had this unforgettable interview with Michael Caine. So, how is it working with him, and why did you choose him to be the voice of it? Um, on the page, the script was quite grumpy. It was quite funny as well and charming, but I think we, we, we sort of latched onto Michael at a very early stage because it's such an iconic, curmudgeonly old grumpy voice, but he's such a charming man, and he brought that side with him. So. Because we filmed him for all the, the creature work, as well as his voice, we filmed the facial expressions, movement in the face, and his hands and arms and everything. We used that in the animation of the creature, so a lot of him came out. But he was lovely. He thought the story was, was very funny, and uh, yeah, he, uh, he loved the, the farting creature, he said. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was great, and it was great because you're describing everything to him. That says we haven't made the creature, we haven't filmed anything so the whole thing's a description and he's able to take that all in and process himself into a moment in the middle of the film with such precision it was incredible to watch but he was very charming and uh, very lovely he was desperate to show it to his grandparents his grandchildren I mean um, once it was finished that's amazing and I also wanted to ask you how was it because it it was like a green sacrifice I know Ashley was telling me it was like this weird green thing but how was it actually editing and everything? Because I know it like blew up whenever you asked to wish, and it was very, and it also like dug underneath the sand. And was that complicated to like? Um, and a little bit, a little bit. We with the flying, you've probably seen people flying before on wires when you fly people, uh, and that can be quite limited. And I wanted a bit more of a three-dimensional thing, so we actually 
put the children on a robot arm. Mm-hmm. was able to spin them around and move them around in every direction. So we were able to get much more three-dimensional flying. And the, the difficulty was getting the children off it afterwards. Ellie maybe had to keep bribing her with another go and another go to try and persuade her off it. So they loved it. But it meant we could do a lot of interesting flying work with that. Um, and things like the sand, we spent a lot of time on the beach playing around with spades and putting things under the sand and trying to get that sort of thing to work. So uh, yes, I guess that they were interesting little challenges, but quite a nice place to be working them through. That's great that you guys had fun as well when you were filming, so you had like that special bond. Um, so wishes are an amazing thing and wishes can come true through films as well. Um, Ashley went to London, she's always wanted to do that and that was really special for her. So. Do you think films are a way to fulfill our biggest wishes in life? Yes, I think we. I think you can show people what might be. I think you can open up people's minds to things they don't necessarily experience. So you're sort of keeping wishes and you're showing things how they can be, how you'd like them to be, and in, and educating, lightening people with new new worlds and new things. So I think you can take people to new places in film. Thank you so much for talking with me. I had such an amazing time talking to you. Make sure to check out 4Kids in it on all digital platforms on June 30th. Let's take a break. I'm Kayenta from Asheville, North Carolina, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Cat in the Hat Amazing Animals. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Kayenta from Asheville, North Carolina, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking with Andy D. Emony from Four Kids and It. And next up, Benjamin will be interviewing the head social media for Adam Tickets, Derek Kohler. 
And welcome. This is Benjamin Price reporting for Kids First. And today I'm here with Derek Kohler, Senior Manager Hi, at Adam Tickets. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Yeah. How, how about yourself? Uh, doing pretty well. How did you become involved with Adam? So I've been with Adam for a little over two years. And uh, at the time, I was working with BuzzFeed, uh, working on their Tasty division. So doing all the cooking videos that you might, might have seen online. Um, a friend of mine who had been at Adam uh, reached out with a great opportunity. He said, like, I know you love movies. We're looking for a new social media manager, someone to, to really boost our social media presence. So it was just a great fit. I chatted with the team and fell in love with them. I'm still in love with them. So I've been enjoying my time ever since. Speaking of BuzzFeed, how has your prior work at Google, CBS, and BuzzFeed not only prepared you but informed your role at Adam? Yeah. Um, so I got my start at Google and uh, I was doing social media at Google, doing a lot of analytics. So digging in of the content we've already posted, what has performed the best and trying to figure out why it performed the best. Um, at my role at CBS, I was working in their video games division, GameSpot, and I was publishing a high volume of content, publishing 50 posts to Twitter a day, 40 posts to Facebook. So I got great experience in crafting headlines, crafting uh, images and seeing what resonates with our audience and why. Well, what's the best platform for what type of content? And then at BuzzFeed, I learned so much from my peers. You know, BuzzFeed, they have hundreds of millions of uh, followers on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. So I was surrounded by great talent and I was learning a lot from them about best practices and how to further optimize your content for each platform. So I feel like I got a really um, great all-in-one experience of learning social media through those three jobs. And then going to Adam, um, I was tasked with build our social media. Like we want a presence. You can do it in your own image. Like there are no uh, direct guidelines. We just want to get fans really excited about movies. So that's what I brought. And then that's what I'm here to do. You mentioned an interest in movies is kind of what drew you to Adam. So this will probably be a different, dif difficult question. What's yeah. your fondest memory uh, from time spent at a movie theater? Oh, gosh. That is, that is a difficult question there. Um, I, I got to say, it happened just this past December uh, with Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker coming out. I've been a Star Wars fan since I was in diapers. I love Star Wars. And to see the conclusion of the Skywalker saga, the culmination of nine films, and to be in the theater, opening show, opening night, wearing my Star Wars shirt, being surrounded by an audience of people who are cheering for the Jedi and laughing at the jokes and crying. It's just that community experience that I think is so beautiful about going to the movies. And like, luckily at Adam, being in social media, there's some great opportunities um, for me to be out in the field interviewing the cast and kind of seeing the behind the scenes. So for Star Wars in particular, I had the opportunity to interview the cast of the red carpet premiere, uh, as well as go to a big Star Wars fan convention in Chicago where they debuted the first trailer. So it was, it was such a special experience being such a fan and then also getting to do it for work. It's gotta be Star Wars. I'm curious, where are you on Babu Freak? Love him. Hey, hey. Uh... <laughs> Love Babu Freak, yeah. And what, so you entered Adam through uh, as social media manager, and what ways has, that you can attest to, has social media changed the way 
movies are marketed um, and advertised? Boy, that is a great question. And I think it's changing every single day. Because when I was your age, I, I typically discovered movies uh, in the theaters. You know, I wouldn't know what's coming out. And then a trailer would be playing. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, they're making a Ninja Turtles 2? No way. And it's coming out next week. Um, when I think social media has really democratized our discoverability of movies. So um, there will be social media posts from your favorite, from Disney saying, we're gonna make um, Mulan live action. And that's a year or two before it even comes out. So I'm attached to Mulan coming out. Uh, social media informs who's being cast in real time, uh, when the first poster comes out, when the first trailer comes out. Um, and then up until the movie comes out, I feel like I've been a part of this journey of the production of the film, the discoverability of the film. I've shared the trailer to all my favorite social media platforms. I've tagged my friends. We've made plans on social media. Um, and then we watch it. And the first thing I do when I watch a film is I hop back on social media to tweet out or use Letterboxd to say, here's my review. I loved it. And here's why. So it, it, makes me feel like I'm a player in part of the movie-going experience, and discoverability is a lot easier now and more accessible than when it was just 15 years ago. Big fan of Letterboxd. Um, oh, you, are you? Yeah. i have to follow yeah. you. <laughs> You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking with Andy D. Emony, the director of Four Kids and It, Jared Sandrew, stereoscopic supervisor at Walt Disney Studios, and Keith Kaminsky, visual artist for the Trolls World Tour event at The Grove. Right now, we're going to continue Benjamin's interview with Derek Kohler, the head social media for Adam Tickets. Uh, there's also, I just you mentioned posters and trailers. Now we're at a point where even sort of mid-budget, but especially big-budget movies are like set photos. And yeah. uh, there could be an article in the magazine and some images come out and people just dig and dig. Um, and you're in that way, it's really changed too. Absolutely. So you host a podcast called Everyday Sensei, where you discuss kind of tips and tricks for to better one's life and state of mind with friends and colleagues. What's the most valuable lesson you've learned? Um, just sort of talking with someone else or thinking about those topics through the podcast. I love that you've done your homework, Benjamin. That is great. I do host a podcast uh, called Everyday Sensei. The, the premise behind it was to sit down with family, friends, and strangers, friends of friends. Um, I think everyone has such rich life experience and everyone has learned life lessons. And I'd love to just sit down with them and pick their brain about what little tricks have you found in life? Like what mistakes have you made? What have you learned from them and what can you share? And I think uh, some commonality behind all of those is um, the ability to be a beginner. And so if you want to get in shape, if you want to learn karate, if you want to start your career in entertainment, you have to be okay to be a beginner, to be a white belt, to make mistakes. You have to forgive yourself for making mistakes. And it's all about the consistency. So I think that if you want to learn karate, um, you may make mistakes, but if you go to class day after day after day, you'll get better and better and better. And then year after year, you earn that black belt. And I think the same principle can be applied for learning languages, uh, learning in school, getting um, really good at bicycling or skateboarding or in your career as well. Just accepting and forgiving yourself to, I'm going to be a beginner. I'm going to make some mistakes. That's okay. It's part of the process 
but I'm going to show up day after day. So that's something that's really opened my eyes to, uh, to just try new things, I think. When you were talking about Rise of Skywalker, you mentioned just sort of the thrill of the communal experience. So I'm curious, what aspects of the movie theater experience are you most excited to return to when the time comes? Of the movie theater experience, yeah. Boy, this is, this is a great question because I think there are so many things that are uniquely uh, captured in the theatrical experience that you can't really get at home or watching on your laptop. One of the things that I love is a good opening night audience. So I watched Avengers Endgame, the first showing at 6 p.m., and I saw your review on YouTube. Um, I was huge a fan. Uh, 6 p.m. showing, the opening night, and everyone there was such a big fan of Avengers. They oohed and awed and cheered and cried. And there's something about that bonding experience, about feeling uh, like you're part of something and cheering when Captain America lifts spoilers hammer. And, um, and I just, I love the community experience. And then additionally, I love the sound system of movie theaters. It, I love having the walls kind of shake and rock during an action scene. Um, it'd be really loud. And, and it just like, it makes me feel more immersed than in my living room. Um, and then lastly, I like, when else can you eat movie theater nachos for two hours and no one judges you? So I love my movie theater concessions as well. Um, but I, I just can't wait to get back to that social movie going experience. Yeah. Well, speaking of Endgame, like I made it a goal of mine. I was like, I'm going to see this movie as many times as I can. And every time it just, I was shocked by how so electric good. it was to be in that audience. Yeah. It was incredible. Who is your so, favorite character from it? Oh, I'm a big fan of Groot and Rocket, you know, Groot and Rocket. yeah. Which of the recently delayed movies are you most excited to see? This is like choosing one of my children. I'm, <laughs> I'm so excited for, for all these movies. And um, like I mentioned earlier, uh, we've been kind of attached to some of these movies, marking some of these movies from when they were announced. So years ago, we knew that Mulan was getting a live action remake. We were there supporting the first trailer on Adam Tickets. I remember waking up early and sharing the new trailer to Adam Tickets social pages the second they went live. Um, so I do feel really attached to all these movies coming out. But if I had to choose just one, it would be Wonder Woman 1984. And followed closely behind Black Widow. I just think there's like a lot of badass girl power um, hitting the big screen this year. And I just am so excited to see it. I was a huge fan of the first Wonder Woman. And I have no idea what's coming. You know, other than the trailers, I've been hearing quotes from the director and the cast saying it's it doesn't feel like a sequel it's something really fresh you haven't seen something like this so i'm like i'm ready i'll be there opening day let's see it so wonder woman what about yourself I, uh, what are you most excited to see oh wonder woman is up there for me i have a like a personal connection because number one it's set in dc which is not too far out from where i am but they also yeah. there is a, a mall that closed that they shot at and I remember being just so excited to hear that, like, oh, man, I'm just getting to see that on the big screen. It's going to be really exciting. So, oh, that's great. All right. Well, thank you so much uh, for taking some time here today to talk with me today. Absolutely. Thank you, Benjamin. I'm a big fan of your work. You're doing great thank things. Uh, this is Benjamin Price reporting for Kids First, signing off. See you next time. Bye. Let's take a break.
I'm Kayanta, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Cat in the Hat Amazing Animals. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Kayenta from Asheville, North Carolina, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking with Andy D. Emini, the director of 4 Kids in It, and Derek Kohler, the head social media for Adam Tickets. Next, our Kids First film critics, Tiana and Heather, We'll be interviewing stereoscopic supervisor of Walt Disney Studios, Jared Sandrew. Hey everybody, this is Tia Sermons reporting for Kids First. And today, Heather and I had the pleasure of talking with the amazing Jared Sandrew, stereoscopic supervisor for the Walt Disney Studios. Jared was the stereo and visual effects supervisor for Disney's last seven feature films, including Aladdin, Dumbo, Mulan, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, Nutcracker in the Four Realms, Pirates of Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, and The Finest Hours. He's also designed and supervised all the 3D conversion of the films. He's also supervised in cr- the creative conversion of The Walk and Man of Steel while, war- while working at Legend 3D with his dad, Barry Sandrew, who we interviewed last week. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jarrett. So you grew up with a dad who has quite the prestigious career in digital imaging. In what ways did he influence you with your career today? We, we moved here when I was um, five years old, moved from, from Massachusetts to, to, to San Diego, actually, um, where he, was, he started a company called American Film Technologies. And there they did colorization of black and white films, and they also worked on animation. And they had um, 
a ton of artists, really talented artists there that were working on the colorization, but they're also working on stop motion and animation. And as a five-year-old through, I think about nine or 10, I would go visit his offices and um, I'd get to see all the things they were doing. And I'd learned about frame-based animation. And uh, he would take me on trips to LA to um, deliver tapes to the Universal Studio lot where there's a company called Anderson Video and uh, Amblin was there. And back then we used to be able to just go deliver the tapes and then sneak onto the Universal lot and have a day there. You can't do that anymore. But, um, you know, I was just influenced by how cool it, it all seemed to me. And, and um, I was always um, interested in art as well. And it just kind of like mashed up. He was really supportive. And um, I think he thought it was cool too. So um, it led me in this direction. Yeah, that's definitely a great way to learn by just having someone who's been doing it and just watching after them. So you have quite an impressive career. So what exactly does a stereoscopic supervisor do? So um, we work on the 3D version of the film. So when you go to the movies and you wear the, the like 3D nerd glasses or the, um, uh, the there's some heavier red ones that you might wear and you see the movie in 3D, um, a stereoscopic supervisor is, is responsible for the delivery and, and both technically and creative of the, um, of the 3D version. So we'll work with the filmmakers, the producers, we'll work with the visual effects studios, and um, we'll make sure that we, um, we design the 3D for the best possible experience. We wanna make sure that we're um, abiding by the director's vision we're not right. taking you out of the movie. We're just adding to the movie. Um, and uh, we hope that it's a, an experience that people enjoy. And I believe that it has gotten much better over the years. Um, I'm very proud of the work that we've done at Disney over the last few years. Yeah, that's definitely a really cool job. <laughs> yeah, I think so. It's pretty fun. Thanks. So what type of educational background or skills do you need to have to become a successful stereoscopic supervisor? Oh, kids first is going to be disappointed in this answer. Um, I, uh, I actually, I went to uh, uh, Long Beach State for, a, for one year. Um, I majored in, or I was going to major in, um, in film. Um, I was drawn to that school because uh, Spielberg had a degree from there, and I think Steve Martin went there, and I was a big fan of his. Um, but after about a year, um, I got a job. Uh, I got an internship that turned into a job, and I ended up working on a bunch of uh, Disney Channel TV shows. Um, you guys might be too young to know these shows. Uh, I worked on Even Stevens and That's So Ra Raven <clears throat> and a show called um, The Jersey. Um, it was, they were pretty fun shows to work on, especially as a kid. Um, I was like, I think I was 18 years old when I got these jobs. Um, and, uh, I just kind of learned on the job, you know, I worked on the TV, the, the, uh, the, the Disney channel shows. I learned how to do a lot of shots, a lot of content really fast. And then I worked on, um, some really high end commercials and I learned how to work on a short amount of, of, of content. 30 seconds um, over a month, we would work on a, a commercial or two months. And then I worked on feature films and I would work on like nine shots, which could be 10 seconds of a movie over nine months. 
you know? So I, I learned how to work on a, a, a very small amount of, of content, but just really put a lot into it. Um, and then around uh, 2009, I believe, um, Stereo Conversion and 3D came out, um, Avatar came out, and being a big fan of all of that, um, I got into stereo, especially since my dad was investing so much into um, his company doing that. Um, he, he was working on the stereo design of things, and I was working on the visual effects side of things. Um, I worked at a company called Sony Imageworks, and they did a movie called G-Force, which was like a hamster superhero movie. Yeah. And uh, that was my first job in stereo. And then my dad got a, uh, a contract to do some of Alice in Wonderland and asked me to come on and help him build out a, uh, a finishing and compositing pipeline. And so I came on to do that. So I kind of have a, a, a roundabout way of getting here, but um, it all had to do with just digging in and, and, um, and learning on the job pretty much. That's very interesting. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking with Andy D. Emony, the director of Four Kids and It, Derek Kohler, the head social media for Adam Tickets, and Keith Kaminsky, visual artist for the Trolls World Tour event at The Grove. Right now, we're continuing Tiana and Heather's interview with Jared Sandrew, stereoscopic supervisor of Walt Disney Studios. And now I'm going to pass it over to Heather. Thanks, Tiana. Hi, Jared. Hi, Heather. So you've worked on Disney classics and favorites like Aladdin and Pirates of the Caribbean. So were you nervous taking on these iconic movies? Um, you know, to be honest, these features, uh, I, I, w I would say I wasn't so nervous to take on the film. I was more nervous to work with some of the filmmakers because I'd never met them before. I don't know what their interest is in 3D. And so whenever I meet the filmmaker for the first time, I'm always uh, a little uh, nervous to see what the reaction is going to be to my interpretation of their film in 3D and um, whether or not they like 3D and, um, and that sort of thing. So that, that's usually pretty nerve wracking, but I have to say over the last few uh, years, I haven't had any bad experiences. Like all of the filmmakers that I've worked with have been um, very excited about the 3D version of the film and um, it, I've had a couple of them say it's like watching it for the first time you know they make the film the way that they want to make it we have a couple uh, conversations while they're making it but once they start seeing it in 3d they're kind of taken aback and that's a great feeling yeah because you feel like you're actually in the movie and mm -hmm. in this world and in these circumstances so I think that's just absolutely fabulous yeah Tiana thank you Heather and to Kind of follow on to what Heather's question was. So how is the decision made to convert a movie from 2D to 3D? And what key things are taken into consideration? Um, there's a couple things, you know, will this film be exciting in 3D? You know, um, uh, there are some critics that will say, you know, every movie should be in 3D. Um, but, you know, for uh, if you're trying to, to, to sell tickets and you're trying to entertain people, um, it's best to not detract from the film. And um, w the films that we work on at Disney, it's almost everyone is great in 3D. Um, so we, what they do is, is they kind of look at it and say, 
okay, all of the markets around the world, China, Japan, South America, domestically in the US and Canada, you know, will they like this movie in 3D? And if so, let's do it, you know, because it, it's, it's not incredibly expensive to make a 3D version of the film. Previously, we used to, sh you know, uh, shoot everything in 3D. So you'd actually set up two cameras and you'd have to have, you know, double the, the storage, double the editorial, double, 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 double the camera rental. You'd have a stereographer on set that would be like uh, another DP. So it, it was a little cumbersome for, for some of the filmmakers. And now with, with stereo conversion over the past few years, we've gotten to the point where we can work with the visual effects vendors and make sure that the film is going to look exactly the same as the 2D, but with depth and quality. So they decided based off of the 3D fit and whether or not they're gonna make money. And now back over to Heather. Thank you. So what do you hope children and families that watch your films take away from them? What do they learn? I just want them to be entertained. You know, I, I don't want anybody to go to the theater and say, oh, I, like, I didn't, I didn't like that movie and, and, and the 3D contributed to the reason I don't like it. You know, I want people to, uh, to, go, to, go, to the, uh, go to the theater and watch a film and get engulfed in the story. And if 3D can actually help them feel like they're a part of the film, as you said before, Heather, um, then that's great. That's, what I, that's the goal. The goal is to make sure that people are entertained and, feel, and walk out of the theater feeling that they had a great time. It's also a great thing to just go to the theater. So hopefully we get back to that pretty soon. Yeah, there's nothing like the movie going experience. And when you're in 3D, you feel like you're not even in the theater anymore. So that's, that's the beauty of films. Sure. So thank you, Jared, for talking to us today. I'm afraid that we've run out of time. But thank you for talking to us about digital imaging and, and all this work. And I, I love it. I'm a fan of all the films that you've worked on. Oh, great. Thank you, Heather. Yeah, Thanks, yes, Diana. thank you so sorry. Yes, thank you so much, Jared. Your career is definitely very inspiring. I want to thank you for taking the time out to talk to us today. Thank you guys. Let's take a break. I'm Kayanta, and you're listening to the Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Cat in the Hat Amazing Animals. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. 
For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Kayanta from Asheville, North Carolina, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking with Andy D. Emney, the director of Four Kids and It, Derek Kohler, the head social media for Adam Tickets, and Jared Sandrew, the stereoscopic supervisor at Walt Disney Studios. Next, we'll be listening to Bailey Ray's interview with visual artist for the Trolls World Tour event at The Grove, Keith Kaminsky. I'm Bailey Ray Fenderson, reporting for Kids First, and today I'm talking to Keith Kaminsky, a illustrator and designer who makes 3D art and illusions, uh, 3D illusions. So, Mr. Kaminsky, when did you first discover how much you love art and recognize that you you are really good at it? Well, uh, ever since I was a little boy, I luckily had a father who was an artist as well. So I liked to watch what he was doing and look over his shoulder when he was working on his projects. And then I got interested in it just because I, I was good enough at it that uh, I started getting respected for it and went to college for it and have been doing it my whole life. Um, tell me more about your role as designer and illustrator in Trolls World Tour. Well, ironically, my favorite one was Tiny Diamond, who is the one that I actually got to draw in the chalk mural. Um, I also like uh, Branch. That's Justin Timberlake's character. And then uh, I don't remember the names of all of them, but there was a horse kind of character that was Kelly Clarkson's character. I really like that one too. Why do you like Tiny Diamond so much? <laughs> he, cause he's like this big. <laughs> he's really small. He's just, he's kind of a smart, you know, he's got a lot of humor to him and it's kind of a little, a little spitfire. Yeah, I like how he's like really small and then you can wrap. <laughs> and then his big old glasses. He looks kind of Oh, sick. yeah. <laughs> Do you have a favorite scene or song? Um, let me think. No, not really. I, I think I like the finale when everybody's finally friends and everybody gets along and it's all a big happy ending. I shouldn't blow the, shouldn't tell the, uh, <laughs> ruin the ending for anybody, but I like that part the best, I think. Yeah, when they sing uh, True Colors, 
Wait. Yeah. No. Yes, yes, yes. It's true colors. I just keep on getting the songs confused. <laughs> There's so many songs. It's been and about a month since I saw it, so it's <laughs> it's not as fresh. Yeah. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking with Andy D. Emini, the director of Four Kids and It, Derek Kohler, the head social media for Adam Tickets, and Jared Sandrew, stereoscopic supervisor at Walt Disney Studios. Let's get back to Bailey Ray's interview with Keith Kaminsky, visual artist for the Trolls World Tour event at the Grove. You have a favorite scene or, oh wait, never mind. Uh, what advice do you have for kids like me who want to pursue a career as a visual artist in film? Well, I don't know much about the film part, but I could tell you about just regular being an artist as a career. Um, I would, I would uh, suggest that everybody learns as many different things as they can. For example, I know a lot of kids want to be just a cartoonist or they want to only draw this particular style of art. But I think it's very important to learn everything you can about art and all the different applications you could do with it. Learn different computer programs, learn how to use different mediums, learn how to use pencil, yeah. paint, uh, do graphics. You can even do crafts because I do a lot of sculpture. I just, I've learned to do a very well-rounded so that if somebody needs something, you know, I can figure out a way to get it done. So you're not so narrow, you know, pigeonholed down into one, one technique. It limits how much work you can get, you know, in the field. That is good advice. Cause I'm not the one who usually, I only have one art style that I really like. So <laughs> you told me try different kinds. Yeah. It's very important. So I really liked how Tiny Di I like Tiny Diamond's position where he's like, <laughs> oh, and I like how it was crouching, even though he's like very small. But I'm you made him bigger, and I like that because it's larger. And I like how it was 3D. That was really cool. I I want to learn how to make it. I want to learn how to make like 3D art in a way where you have to look at it in a certain way and it's 3D. I really like how it made when you look at a certain position. He is, he's like standing up and there's like another sign next to him. And I like, I forgot what the sign said. It said like Trolls World Tour. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> dance, uh, dance something edition, dance party yeah. edition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, to, oh, you want to know how I do that? Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, well, it takes, uh, it takes a little bit of math. <laughs> It takes some computer uh, stuff because what I have to do is create a, an image that looks correct from just one perspective. And that was where the camera had, had footprints on the ground where, you know, told the people to stand to take a picture. Um, to get that perspective to look and fool your eyes and your brain that it's 3D, it only works from that one side. That's why from the, if you look at it from the side view, it's like really stretched out. Yeah. So, you can only really do things that are short, like trolls, <laughs> because if you do anything, the taller something gets, the further in the distance the perspective takes you. So I would have been drawing things like down across the grass, you know, those behind us. So it's just a figuring out of how it's stretched optically to look dimensional like that. Um, 
it's I can't give away my secrets, but <laughs> what made you think what why did you choose those colors as a background for Well the art for that one, the particular shot of Tiny Diamond was provided to me by uh, Universal. So they had a particular look that I had to match. So that was very particular with them because it is one of their main characters and it has to look just like him. Yeah. <laughs> As we're talking to you, Keith Kaminsky, this is Bailey Ray signing out for Kids First. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First film critic team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, kidsworld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by Cat in the Hat Amazing Animals. I'm Kayenta reporting for Kids First from Asheville, North Carolina. Goodbye. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week.